Hi there, and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersey Weekly Podcast with myself, Colin Armstrong, hosting this week. We are an independent podcast, the, the, the content is totally free, obviously, uh, and it's made by fans for fans. Everyone that's on here is a Rangers supporter, uh, a good few of them are match-going fans, and we do it just because we love the club. Uh, if you don't already uh, subscribe to the pod, we would encourage you to do so. Also, get the word out there, folks, tell folk on social media that we're here and get folk listening in. Uh, the podcast is available to stream and download after tonight on a host of uh, platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and Spotify. So we'll get on to the, the guest introductions. We've got a few things to talk about tonight. Obviously, there was the, the, the friendly today at Ibrox against Blackburn Rovers. Uh, that finished 1-1. We had the European game through the week, and we'll have a wee discussion about some of the stuff through the week. Uh, some transfer moves, some comings and goings uh, with the likes of Candice and that. So we'll get right into the guests. First of all, uh, we've got Christine Somerville. How are you, Christine? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, uh, Colin. Uh, standing at the last minute, but um, hey-ho. If I can help, I'll, I'll always help. So <laughs> It's just in case anybody complains, I've been on two weeks in a row. I don't think anybody would complain you've been on two weeks in a row, Christine. I think you're putting yourself down there, not. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's always that. That's the thing when it's by fans, for fans. You know, you're relying on people to, uh, you know, give us their time. And sometimes that's not always possible. So thanks for stepping in. Uh, and also joining us tonight, we've got uh, David Thomason, a.k.a. Pete. How are you, Pete, over in Holland there? Yeah, great. Well, I'm actually in Germany. My house is in Germany. But... Uh... Yeah, I know it's quite complicated. I actually live in a, quite near the Dutch border, so all my kids and wife is in Holland, but my house is in Germany. So that that's how that situation is. I can't keep up, honestly. See, between, <laughs> you, between you and the tax dodger, Ross, who just flicks about from one country to the next, can't yeah. keep up with any. I'm not, I'm not very happy with him, by the way. He kept, kept saying, oh, when, I'm, when you come over to Luxembourg, I can put you up. And then two days before, two weeks before the game, he moves back to England. I think he knew you were coming. Essentially, <laughs> when it comes in, he beat like, No, I think he saw that coming and thought, Nah, I'll be that on this. Uh, <laughs> Can't blame him. Let's be honest. <laughs> right, guys, uh, I think we'll get on with the show. Obviously, the, there was the, the, the Blackburn game today. Well, we look at that. I wasn't at Ibrox today and I didn't see the game. I am off on holiday tomorrow. So most of my day has been spent ironing stuff and packing things and dropping off pets at family members' homes so they can look after them. So it's been a wee bit of a stressful day and, and obviously I had to try and pull some stuff together for this tonight. Uh, so I, never, I was just trying to keep up with the, the Blackburn game on Twitter and stuff like that as I was sort of moving about today. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll have a wee look at the, the, the European game on Thursday night there against St. Joe's. Comprehensive win. I was there that night, I was at Ibrox that night, and as I say, we'll talk about some of the transfer stuff that's, that's been sort of in the media through the week. Uh, so first of all, Christine, I'll come to you first. Your overall views of the performance today, kind of, I'm just going on second-hand comments, but in sort of looking at the official, you know, Rangers Twitter feed, it seemed to me that for the first sort of, certainly for all the first half and part of the second half, Rangers seemed in control. Then Stevie, Stevie G's made a few changes, obviously, to give boys a bit of a game time. And uh, that seemed to have knocked the rhythm out. Is, is that how it seemed to you? Well, that's the way I saw it as well, Colin. Um, I have to admit, hold my hands up here, I wasn't actually at the game either, but I did pay 12 quid to watch it on Rangers TV. Um, but I would say probably for the first hour, in fact... Up really until all the substitutes were made, um, I felt we were cruising. Um, once the other subs came on, something seemed to happen. And I found it odd because the people that did come on are probably ones that would be probably first pick 
in you know any team because there was Morelis came on, there was Hellander, and there was Arabo. So I don't know exactly what happened, but Derby seemed to. Um, sorry, Blackburn. Derby's next week, isn't it? Uh, Blackburn seemed to really up their game a wee bit and play with a wee bit more urgency. And I think we were just taken aback a wee bit. I think we, we came into it more again, but for about probably 10, 15 minutes when we lost the goal, um, they were certainly on top. And then we came into it uh, again, maybe the last 15 minutes. So um, that would really be my summary of it. Well, to be honest, Christine, I would have to go and you're on that, as I say, because I've, I've just been sort of looking at, you know, Twitter. I had a wee sort of squint at the match report after the game. But it, it sounds that that's the sort of case, you know, for the first hour, Rangers were sort of in control of things and looked, looked okay. And then I think this happens a lot. And I think people, I, I saw a lot of negative responses on Twitter today from a few Rangers supporters, you know, the you know, how the game went a bit south after the substitutions. I think sometimes we have to remember that these games are more about fitness, they're more about getting, you know, games and legs and getting people up to the, the level required. You know, the result, and I know we all enjoyed the result last week against Marseille, but at the end of the day, these results are not that important. The, the main purpose of these games is to, is to get games and legs and get the players up to that standard. So I, when I was looking at some of the comments after the game on Twitter, I was leaving it. That it started already. You know, the season hasn't even started, and fans are, are starting to sort of snip already. So, well, yeah. I mean, what what I said last week was I wasn't going to go overboard with performances and you know start predicting we're going to win this and this and this. Um, and equally, because we lost a goal, really, <laughs> people are getting upset, and you know they need to realise we are going to lose goals this season. It's not as if we're going to win each game five 0 so I don't really um, think it's it has any effect on how we're going to perform this season at all. No, I hope you're right. Uh, Dan, I, I, I don't think it's reflective at all, really, of, of where the Rangers are. I think it's, as I said, it's, it's a runabout. It's about getting you know, game time and, and, and the players. Uh, I think it's maybe more the way the, the game drifted away for Rangers and how the goal was lost it's maybe caused some of the frustration but I do think supporters need to keep sort of level head on this. Pete, in terms of the starting 11 now I've got I've got the team up here uh, you know, we started with McGregor in goal Tavit right back Edmundston and Katic as a centre half pair then Barisic at left back midfield three of Jack Davis uh, and Arfield uh, with Ojo Jones and the four up front uh, it seems to me, looking at the teams that, that Gerrard's played, and I'm, I'm going to include the European games here because I do think, because the European games are starting so early now, that they're almost part of our pre-season, if you know what I mean. That, that those are part of the, the, the whole thing about getting us up and running. It seems to me that Gerrard's trying to give as many guys as possible, as much game time as possible. Is that how it feels to you? Well, I think he obviously wants to see everybody as well and see what they can what they what they can do, what they can bring to Rangers. Um I've I've really got to hold up my hands and apologize to, to Stevie Davis because I didn't want him to come back, to be honest with you. And the guy was just outstanding today. And he's been outstanding since he since the beginning of the season. Uh so with that I'll apologize to him for that. Um Jack seems to have picked up another uh moved up a gear. And he's willing to shoot a lot more now, and he made a, a great game as well. So, and yeah, my my, my favourite's Katic. I, I just think he's. I, I can't understand why people are saying Goldson and and the new guy. Can't even. I can't think of his name at the moment. I'm afraid. Um, why they think that's going to be the head pair? Because I would put Katic long before Goldson. So, yeah, there's. Uh, I, I, I think um, that he's playing out everybody. I, I still think there's going to be players that are going to go. Um, we're going to go on to Candias in a, in a, in a wee while. Uh, from what I've, I've heard, that he's on his way. And I think there'll be another few out the door. But 
Yeah, up to now, I mean, he's really been able to put two teams out. And today was the first time I would say, yeah, when the other players come in, we were slacker. But I think there was two things that, that done that as well, was that Blackburn brought on three players as well. And they started shutting us down early instead of sitting back. And we sort of struggled with that because they, they put on the high press that we were using a lot. And we seem to struggle with that. Christine, is there anyone else? I mean, Pete mentioned there about, about Davis and Jack uh, and the guys that I sat with uh, in the government year. We had a wee discussion on Wednesday night and the feeling was that the midfield three going forward would probably be Davis, uh, Kamara and Aribo. You know, because those three have, have looked the, the most impressive. But I find it quite interesting that Pete said there that he, th- he felt Ryan Jack had stepped up a gear. You know what I mean? Is it possibly the case that that's what the signings have done this season? Stephen Gerrard is always on about he wants competitions for places because that improves individual performances. People need to fight to stay in their team. Is that what we're witnessing now? If, if, if Ryan Jack has went up a notch, is that because he's got no other choice? He simply has to. I'm just thinking of your, your three that you mentioned there, Colin, and thinking, are you looking at our field then maybe being part of the front three rather than... Yeah, that's what I, I, I think. Field. I actually think our field has went up a notch when, he, when he's went up, when, yeah. you know, since he's moved further forward. I think he made the difference. I mean, I know we were cruising it on Thursday, but when he came on on Thursday night, he came on just as the sort of it seemed like the tempo was slacking off a wee bit, and to me he raised that again, and he raised it to a level that the boys, you know, St Joseph's couldn't deal with, mm-hmm. uh, and we really started to get a lot of joy. And I thought I thought he really made the difference when he came on. So yeah, I, I, I kind of think we've got so many midfielders now. I think our field will be happy that he's got that extra option there, possibly playing up front. But that's what I think he might play this season. Yeah. Mhm. Um. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue too much. But I think the whole thing is, you know, it does give us options. So um, I think it will rotate the squads, um, depending on how long we stay in Europe. I think he might have a team for Europe, and a team for the, you know, the slog of the, the Premier League. Uh, I don't mean he would change completely, but he's definitely got options now. I think he's obviously, you know, deciding how the formation that he wants to play in most games. But even even with that, we've now got options, you know, to play 4-4-2 or, you know, different formations. And uh, I'm just going to stop now because uh, I'm not a great tactician. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I think... We've got other players as well that can easily come in and uh, fit in these roles, but like um, David or Pete, um, I thought Davis was outstanding today and I think we really missed him when he went off. Pete, coming back to you, uh, another goal for the the four today. Uh, Now, obviously Morelos is there, to me, unless Morelos goes, and every day, if what Stephen Gerrard says is correct, you know he says he's not going to allow any late deals for Morelos to go because he doesn't want to have to be scrambling about at the last minute looking for a replacement. So every day that goes by without Morelos going, the, the, the opportunity of him going would, would shrink, it would appear. But is it good that we've got someone like the four? Because it, it does seem to be a natural goal scorer. You know, he got a couple on Thursday night there, another tonight. Is it good that we've got that sort of... Obviously, we've got Morelos. He's going to get the majority of the goals, but someone that can come in and, and do the job? Yeah, well, it's. I mean, the guy, he looks... Even for his age, he looks really fit. And, yeah, he, he just keeps popping in there and knocking him in. And you, you just can't argue with that. He's been doing it all his life. Um, but, yeah, Morelos... I, I don't know how he looked quite happy to accept it today, sitting on the bench. But I don't know whether he'll be quite happy to accept that for a lot of the season. So it's going to be quite difficult keeping Morelos happy. Um, I, 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 Morelos obviously has got the biggest goal tally, 
I mean, he gets you, Morelos gets you the, he, he, he can produce goals himself. Defoe depends on other people to get him goals, uh, to give him the balls to get uh, goals. And Morelos, he can make them from from nothing, really. So I think that's, uh, personally, I, I, I'm quite happy for Morelos to come in and Defoe to, to, to back him up. I, I, I'd quite like to see them playing together, but I don't know whether it would work. No, I'm not convinced I would work at that. Any time I've seen Morelos in any kind of partnership, it doesn't seem. I think he needs. I think he needs that responsibility and that feeling that he's a top man. You know what I mean? I think he's that type of player. Uh, and I think if he feels there's someone else in there to sort of do the job that he feels is his job, then I, I don't think he reacts too well to it. To be honest with you, I think you start to see that petulant side that sometimes. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I think the four, I mean, obviously we, we got the four and Davis at the same time. Davis sort of struggled. It was obviously not fit. And we're now seeing the best of him. But I think the four from day one has looked like a, a decent acquisition. And even although he's, you know, knocking on a bit in terms of his age, I still think he could be invaluable this season because he, he just seems to be an actual goal scorer. He just, he just knows where to be and how to score the goals. I don't think it's just the Defoe's there, but Arfield seems to love playing with Defoe as well. They seem to, to play good together and enjoy playing with each other. So, I mean, I, I don't mean in a bad way. <laughs> but, uh, Ready, Sunday, <laughs> eat on. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, he seems to have brought Arfield's game up as well when, when he moved forward, but that bit forward. So I think that's helping as well. Christine, as we discussed earlier on there, a few substitutions after about an hour. Uh, our new centre-half uh, that has caused a lot of controversy amongst other supporters. We said, where did they get the money for? You know, how can they afford this guy? Uh, Philippe Palander came on today. Uh, again, I didn't see the game. I only played for half an hour. There's, there's been a suggestion, I read, uh, some of some guy who covers Italian football, I can't remember his name, I posted on Twitter through the week. He'd done a sort of breakdown of you know, what to expect from him. And the big thing that came out of was this accusation that he struggles for pace, you know, he's not the quickest. Uh, so how did he look to you today when he came on? Did he look okay or did he give you the, the fear? No, it, it, it didn't really have an awful lot to do. Um, and what he did, he was okay. I couldn't really tell about the pace. I didn't really see that much of him, to be honest. Um, but, you know, you can't judge somebody in half an hour. So I'd really rather, you know, give him a wee bit longer before I, I make any judgment on him. Um, but, you know, as I said, he didn't, do anything spectacular, but he didn't do anything wrong either. So um, difficult, really, to to make any kind of assessment on him. Fair enough. <laughs> Snacker, that's part of the, the, the programme, but there we go. Cheers, well, ask Pete what he thought of him. I, don't, I, I know what you mean. It's difficult after half an hour, you know what I mean? I, I, I've got a wee bit of fear with, with that article that I read. Uh, he said he was a very good player, but the, the pace thing was an issue. Uh, I've read elsewhere that he's a bit like David Weir positionally. He's quite good, you know, so he makes up for the lack of pace by being positionally on the ball. You know, he's always in the right place at the right time. Uh, but the lack of pace thing did worry me a wee bit because I don't think we've got a huge amount of pace at the back as it is. Uh, I, I don't know if, if we need another sort of slowish defender. Uh, but you're right. It's uh, in a friendly thirty minutes. It's hard to it's sort of hard to see, hard to gauge. I suppose what, how how good a player he is. Uh, I think I think perhaps if sorry, um, sorry, I was going to say I think perhaps if I had been at the game, I might have been able to tell a bit more because yeah. obviously with the cameras, they're only on the the bits of place. So you can't actually see what he's doing but, off the ball. What he's doing off the ball. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult. So, as you say, when you're at the game, you can sort of get a, you get the full picture, really, don't you? You can see where people are placed positionally and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I suppose we'll find out in the long run. Pete, the, 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 the last half hour, 
you know, when the rhythm got lost a wee bit because of the substitutions. Again, going back to some of the, the, the comments on social media, Twitter and all that, people getting, you know, a bit arsy for want of a better phrase, you know, moaning or that kind of thing. Is it just a glitch, you know, that last half hour? Is it just a glitch and to be expected when you make so many substitutions? Or is this maybe something we need to be worried about? No, I think it's uh, it's difficult when you when you've got what was it four or five players come on at one time. I think that's difficult. I don't I don't think you can expect the rhythm of the game to be to be the same. So I, I no I don't I don't see it being a real anything to really worry about. What 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 I do really worry a wee bit, and it's not just because of this one game, but I think uh, Kamara has been a wee bit off the last few games. He's not been he's not been up to his normal standards that he we, we know he can have. And although he got the blame for the goal today for not controlling it, it was also a wee bit of Katiji's fault because he sort of a uh, waited to two defenders get into place and then passed it to, to Kamara, who didn't control it. And they went on to score from there. But um that, that that worries me more than than anything because he's I seem to see his form as having dipped a bit. But one thing you're talking about uh, defenders, uh, Edmondson he looks really quick and he had a brilliant last gasp tackle today. The guy was just sitting waiting to to kick it in, kick the ball into the net, and he came try, try, running back and put in a slide to get the ball past the post. Uh, it was absolutely. If it wasn't for that, they would have been uh, would have been one each at that time already. So no, I, I don't. I, I don't know. But Hellander, you, you can't really tell. It looked quite comfortable in the ball. That's uh, that's one thing I will say. Aye, I mean, as it it's difficult to judge, uh, and I'm still trying to, you know, when I'm going to games now, I'm, I was sitting with my boy on Thursday night, you know, sitting with the the team sheet off Twitter. I took the sort of thing that comes out of the official, you know, Rangers account, you know, with the squad numbers and then something, who's that, who's that, number 23, who's that, oh, that's that Stuart boy, right, okay. You know, I'm still trying to come to grounds and recognise all the new players, you know, so it's that, it feels like it's that time of the season. So it's it's hard to recognise some of them, let alone forming a, a, an opinion on, on, you know, what sort of job they're going to do for Rangers, but... Uh, Hopefully, hopefully they'll all, they'll all be well. Christine, coming back to you, the Kamara thing, again, when I was following today, I saw a few comments from people that, that sort of echoed uh, what, what Pete just said there, that you know, Kamara's been slack this, you know, since, since we came back this season. He's not reached the levels that he reached last season. And he was culpable again. And that's about two or three times. I can remember the one against Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup. He was... He was sort of played a ball across the face of the goal and they got cut out and Aberdeen scored. There was another game, I can't quite remember the game just now, but it was it was culpable for a goal in another game. So I think this is a third. Against Celtic he done it, Colin, sorry, I think. I think it was Celtic he done it, did it not? Celtic? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I can't mind. Uh, I'd need to go back, I really would. But I know that I think this is a third occasion. So, Christine, is this... Is some, I mean, I know he only costs 50 grand, and I think that's maybe something we need to bear in mind. But is this something, again, is this a worry? Something just bubbling under the surface that every now and again, every sort of five, six games, he has a wee moment and, and it's leading to goals for the opposition? Well, obviously, any, any player doing things on a semi-regular basis is going to be a worry if they're making mistakes. But overall, he's still doing good things in the games. You know, it's just these wee kind of blips that he's had, but I, I don't think that I don't think it's really anything to to worry about. I mean, today he was just on the park. I think Katic, although I love Katic, but I think you know probably it was the wrong ball to put in the pass to Kamara, and maybe he wasn't expecting it. Um, but it's it's not anything. As far as I'm concerned, it's not anything to be really. Uh, troubled about. In fact, there was a couple of times today when Alan McGregor, my heart was in my mouth, kind of thing, when he had the ball at his feet, and twice he almost, um, he almost lost it. 
which you very, very rarely see from him. So do we blame him as well? Do you know, it's, you know, we've got to realise that they're only human beings, the players. They can't do absolutely everything perfectly all the time. But um, I don't have any worries really about any of the players, if I'm being quite honest. Well, I, I, I must admit, I've got a slight concern about Kamara. Not in terms of his overall game, but just that every now and again he has a blip. And it seems to be a crucial one, you know, and it's, and it's leading to goals. But again, it comes back to we got him for 50 grand. I, I certainly think since he's arrived, he's given us far more positive than negative. Uh, and I suppose that's what you're looking for. You know, as long as the, the good stuff that someone's contributing way, you know, it's way more than the, the negative stuff, then you're in a good place. Because as you say, Christine, players can't be on it 100% of the time. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to give the ball away. These things happen. These are natural. The players are physically and mentally tired. They'll make mistakes. But it's just the, the nature of his mistakes that they've been damaging. You know what I mean? And that's there is a wee niggle there where I'm just thinking he needs to maybe tighten up a wee bit on that. But hopefully he'll do that as, as, as the season as the season progresses. Uh, I think we're just about to wrap up the... Just one point, one point, Colin. Talking about all the, the negatives, the positive for me was the form of Jones today. I thought he was absolutely brilliant as well. And the ball he put in for the 40 score was it was just sublime. So, I mean, it's not all negatives. We've got a lot. There was some passages of play today that were just absolutely brilliant. One-touch football right through the the whole defence, and it's there's there's really really far more positives than there are negatives. I think a lot of the negative stuff comes from you know where we've been and what's happened to the club over the last few years, and the fact that we've not won the title for so long. And you know, as you say, an hour we dominated the game, we're playing some really nice stuff, and then. The last half hour, it tails off a wee bit, and a couple of daft mistakes, and Blackburn get the goal, and then all that good work, all that 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 positive stuff that was there. A lot of fans just forget about that, and they'll just focus on how the game actually finished. And they, but although we weren't beat, you know, they'll see it as a game that we should have won, but we did. And I think that's where a lot of it comes from. But I don't think it helps a lot of the time. You know, when you're trolling through Twitter, sometimes you're just like, oh. I know it's frustrating, but. I just find some of the comments just unnecessary and uh, I don't think it helps things at all. But anyway, uh, should move on now. I think I think we've covered the Blackburn game uh, well enough. I think we should now have a wee look at St. Joe's game through the week there. Uh, my first visit back to Ibrox this season. I've not I've not been to any of the friendlies. Uh, so it was it was great to get back actually when I was standing in the, the, the queue waiting to get in because it was a paper ticket so obviously don't have our smart cards yet. So standing there was a wee bit of I think because it was a paper ticket, so it was a wee bit of pandemonium getting in and we missed the first goal. Uh, and we were standing in the queue, a bird, a bird shot in my boy. <laughs> Big seagull right all the way down the side of his jacket, on his jeans. Uh, and the boy behind him went, oh, it's good luck, son. It's good luck when that happens. And I was like, well, you don't need good luck when you're falling up to the first leg, you know what I mean? Uh, so aye, it's, it was good to be back, but my boy didn't enjoy it. Anyway, moving on. I take it you both saw the game on Thursday night. Yep, I was there. Yeah, I watched it on Rangers TV. Yeah, it was TV. Uh, yeah. Christine, I'll come to you first. What was, what was your thoughts on the, the, the overall performance? Well, I was a wee bit like you, and uh, I had uh, missed the first goal as well due to me not leaving the house early enough, to be honest. And there's always, for evening games, there's always big queues in the M74, so um, by the time I had parked my car and got in, it was, I think it was eight minutes in the clock, so we were, um, we were one up by then. Um, a lot of people beside me getting really frustrated because, you know, as the first half went on, we weren't just scoring a goal every five minutes, and um, I never really felt the frustration but just people like to see goals so I suppose um you know it was it, it, it was it was okay but people were getting we want goals so obviously we got them second half and um 
Yeah, it was it was an a, an enjoyable game. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, there's none of the, you know, this feeling in your stomach just in case the other the other team go up and score an away goal. So you you know we were not really under that uh, under that that pressure. We've been four 0 up, but yeah, it was an enjoyable night. I think uh, most of uh, most of the crowd went away happy. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, as I said, I missed the first goal. I heard the cheer going up when we were standing outside, and obviously, four my up for the first leg. So as you say, that, that pressure of an away goal, you know, you're, it's a formality, really. You know, it's we're through, and, and that's it. Uh, so I think I heard a lot of people saying, you know, eight nothing, nine nothing, all of that. All of and then when we got the goal early doors, I think expectations rise again. You know, everyone thinks, oh, that's it, we're just going to rattle, rattle seven or eight past them. And when that didn't happen in the first half, you know, it was right before half time, before we got the second. You know, you could sense that frustration kicking in again. But I was speaking to a boy at half time, and he says, the minute this team tires, the goals will fly in. And that's how it worked out. You know, and I think when Arfield came on, you know, as I said earlier on, he raised the tempo to a level that the St. Joe's couldn't deal with. And and then the goal started to come. I, I, I thought it was, I think the best way I think I could describe it, it was a professional performance. You know, a job well done. 10-0 and aggregate over two legs. I don't think you can really ask for too much more than that. So, yeah, overall, I was I was fairly happy with the performance. It was, I mean, in the first leg, there was a couple of wee nervy moments. You know, you're starting to get frustrated when you're not getting goals. But I think over the two games, we'll, you know, I think proof's in the pudding. Cruised at ten nothing, so uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed being by and, and enjoyed seeing some of the new players. Speaking of the new players, Pete, uh, on Thursday night, who who impressed you the most? Um, <clears throat> sorry, no, Ari Bo. Obviously, he was uh, the standout for me. Uh, I liked Stuart. Stuart's he's, he's really today as well. There was a couple of just first time flicks that that. Right into the feet of the other players. Uh, he's really good at that. So, like Stuart, uh, Hasty looks he's going to be good, but he's, he's still very raw, I think. Um, I was quite impressed by Mark by Polster, but uh, I didn't really have any defending to do. So, it, it was mostly going forward. So, it was, it was, we need to see and what happens when, when he's got to defend. But uh, no, I was I was quite happy with them all, and I think um, as I say, I think Hasty's raw, but I think I think he'll be a very good one for the future. Christy, no, I, I think Pete's got a point there. I think in terms of Bolster and Emerson from uh, Thursday night, it's difficult to judge them because you know defensively we were never really under any pressure. I thought Aribo looked good. I heard a couple of guys. My mate texted me at the game last week, the Marseille game. Ranting and raving about a rebo. Hasty, it will come on to. I like the look at Greg Stewart. I'm, I'm with Pete on that. I think Greg Stewart looks like a decent acquisition. I liked him when he was with Kilmarnock. I think he's done a lot with Kilmarnock. I think a lot of the stuff, you know, Kilmarnock's season sort of spunk, came to a sort of not a poor end, but they, they, they never looked the same team after he, he went to Aberdeen. I have concerns about Hasty. I, I thought he looked like a player that. All of a sudden, realised he was at a, a really big club, and maybe the weight of the jersey was just getting on top of him a wee bit. Decision making all over the place at times, uh, and just looked nervy. And I think I think I'm not writing the boy off. Don't get me wrong, absolutely not doing that at all. But it looks to me like it's just going to take him a wee while to bed in because I think going from Motherwell to Rangers at such a young age, it's a big, big step. Uh, and I think he had that look of him as someone that was sort of struggling to cope with the fact that he's, he's now at a big, big club. Yeah, possibly. Um, but I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, he is still very young. And um, I suppose, you know, playing at Ibrox, he's not playing for Motherwell anymore. He's playing with that expectation of he's not really allowed to make mistakes. Um, and it maybe showed up a wee bit, but oh, I think I think he'll be fine. I mean, the the fact that the Motherwell fans didn't want him to go, um, 
says a lot. So you can expect booze now every time we go to Fig Park, but hey ho, that's it's new. the business we're in. <laughs> Although I don't see him featuring an awful lot um, in the starting 11. No, he's I, I, it's, it's possibly one for the future. Uh, and I think his performance on a night showed that, you know, he's, he's still really raw and still got a, a fair bit to go, in my opinion, you know. So, but the rest of them, I, w- I was impressed, as I said, I impressed with quite a few of them the other night. I have to judge the boys at the back because St. Joe's, I think, probably had one shot of goal, two, if you're lucky. Uh, so, I have to judge the boys, but from the, the, the middle three forward, I was, I was quite impressed with, with most of what I saw. Uh, just a reminder, guys, if you are listening in tonight, uh, we are interactive. I'm having a wee look at the, the comment section on YouTube, uh, and I'll try and give you all a wee mention at some point as we go further forward. Uh, but we'll wrap up this point the now and, and, and move on to the sort of the transfer dealings and all the rest of it. I'll, I'll put this one to both these. The next round, it's, it's that team, that, that, that progress mob that done us a couple of years ago. Pete, it's not going to happen again, is it? Surely not. No, well, I certainly hope not. I was, I was at that disaster uh, in Luxembourg the last time, and it was just absolutely shocking. Just, uh, I mean, you were you were sitting, hoping and praying that we'd just get the get the goals, and I, did, I in fact, for even I think I went to get something to drink at the for the second goal when neither. Uh, progress scored, and just I just heard the, the the huge cheer, and I thought, oh no, that's that's it. So, but uh, no, I don't. Surely this this team's this team's different quality. It's different, and uh, from what I've heard, that progress have not improved that much. They're still pretty pretty bad against Cork. Was it they were playing? Yeah. So we're two 0 down at one stage, were they not? The Rangers were going to yeah. beat Cork until the last minute. Yeah, yeah, and no, so it, it really shouldn't happen. So uh, let's let's hope it doesn't. But nah, it shouldn't. I can't. I can't believe that will happen. Is it, what is it they say? Lightning never strikes twice in the same place. Hopefully, oh, I was I was at Ibrox for the, the first leg uh, against Progress the last time we played them, and I have to admit, uh, well, I left at half time because. The seat I had that night, I never got my, my usual seat. I was sitting right behind the dugout in the the old west enclosure, and I couldn't I couldn't see one half of the pitch. So I, I, I watched the first half the, when Rangers were attacking the Broomland Road end. I could see that end of the park. Rangers went one nothing up. Second half, I, I'm I'm not able to see the the, the the end of the park. The Rangers are attacking, so I just chucked it. And I went and watched the game in the Loudon, and I must admit. When I was watching the game in the loud and I started to get the fear because we couldn't get that second goal and I just had this bad feeling about uh, Pedro and the players that he was bringing in. And sure enough, that, that that's what happened when we went over the road and the disastrous night over in Luxembourg. But Stephen Gerrard, this is a different team, surely. There's no chance that, as Pete says, Lightning's going to strike twice. Turn the aggregate. Okay. <laughs> It is, de- again. it is definitely not going to happen this time. Absolutely okay. no chance. Well, that's that discussion finished, isn't it? To <laughs> <laughs> <Through> the point. <laughs> I just, I just can't see it. We've got so much more quality in our squad now than we had then, and um, even then, it was a big, big surprise. I mean, we should have. In that game at Ibrooks you're talking about, we should have scored a barrel load of goals and we didn't. Um, and then went over there and I wasn't over in Luxembourg. In fact, I don't even think it was on the TV, if I remember correctly. No, it wasn't. No, actually, no, it was. Sorry, I'll take that back. It was. Was it? Because I, I was watching it in a pub in Labbock. Uh, well, between... I was dropping my boy off at training and then I went and watched the first 45 and it was one nothing when I left. I went to pick my boy up again from training 
and by the time he got in the car, just as he got in the car, Progress got the second goal, and I knew then, because uh-huh. it was like, I think it was about 15 minutes to go, I thought, no, you're not, you're not, you're not getting a goal, you're, you're well. out of here, and it was on BBC Scotland, I was listening to it, they were loving it, uh, so yeah, it was on the telly, I think it was, it was one of the random channels, you know, yeah, well, really, I really I, struggled to find it. I certainly didn't didn't see it. Um, it wasn't on any of the kind of mainstream channels. No. And um, I because I, I was listening to the commentary on the radio, and I just couldn't believe it when they did they score with about ten minutes to go. Was that it? Yeah, it was quite late on. They um, the and yeah. then you know you're holding out for and hope that we get another goal, but it was just one of these unbelievable things that nobody expected, and it's not happening again, no way. Stevie J, could you imagine if he allowed that? No. He would no. put his boots on himself to stop that. I'll be honest with you, I think that result pretty much laid the foundations for, for Pedro yeah. moving on as quick as he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was that bad a result, was that? calamitous a result that I think the board straight away thought, okay, we might have the wrong guy here. Uh, if he'd have got through that, I think he'd have got a wee bit longer at the other end, but I think that that, that sort of set things in motion that there was real doubts from that point on. Uh, right, have a wee look at the the, 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 the YouTube comments here. There's some, some good stuff. Uh, mad lads going on about the you know the reaction by some supporters today on Twitter. He's making a comment that uh, Jurgen Klopp should just leave Liverpool now because they lost in a friendly today to Dortmund, which is kind of a valid point, you know, so, I mean, a lot of the, the comments today around the draw were a bit negative. Uh, Graham, her own Graham's on there talking about Jake Casey saying uh, the lad just needs to relax and it will happen. To me, he looked like he was trying too hard and I would, I would go along with that. I think he did look like he was he was getting himself a wee bit wound up at times and maybe just needed to relax a wee bit. So keep your comments in and thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, I, I will wrap the show up now, the final part of the show. I thought we would have a wee look at the stuff that's happened through the week uh, in the old transfer front. Now, the main one is obviously Daniel Candias uh, and Stephen Gerrard confirmed today after the Blackburn game that he's currently in Turkey. There's absolutely no way I'm going to attempt to pronounce the name of the club that he's joining, uh, but it looks like he's on his way to Turkey. Pete, how do you feel about that? I mean, I've seen a lot. Of, I mean, I know Ross will be in mourning. He, he's, he's a deep man love for Daniel Candias. Uh, but how do you feel? I think there's a wee bit of... I like Candias, he's a good worker, but I think there's a wee bit of an overreaction by some supporters to the prospect of him leaving. I think he's... Uh, certainly a hard worker. What I miss with Candias is he's, he's not really got any tricks to to beat people. His, his, his whole game is just in hard working. And, and I mean, he's had some brilliant. Remember the the back heel last year in uh, in Europe? Um, that was absolutely, yeah, mint gold, you know. But uh, I think we're trying to raise a game, get better players in. And if you get better players in, then some players have got to go. They can't just keep a pool of 40 players. So, And I'm afraid Candace is one of the ones that obviously Stephen Gerrard doesn't think he can up his game to, to the level that Gerrard wants. So I think it's pretty... I mean, I think there'll be more leaving pretty soon. There'll need to be because, I mean, we've got about 35 players or something just now. Yeah, Gerrard's been on record saying he expects up to 10 to go, uh, and you would imagine the likes of Gresda and Lafferty will be, you know, at the sort of top of that queue. Uh, but back to Candias, Christine, did, uh, do you think this will then, I know Stephen Gerrard's went on record this week as saying that he'll give it until the last day of the transfer window to try and secure Ryan Kent on loan again. He seems quite determined to, to get Ryan Kent. The fact that Candias is now on his way, does that increase the need to get someone like Kenton? Well, as far as, Can- as Candace is concerned, um, it's apparently has come from the player, not the manager trying to get rid of him. Um, it was, according to Stevie G anyway, um, he asked if he could speak to this Turkish club, so suggests a wee bit of tapping going on there. Um, and 
he reluctantly gave permission for him to do that. Um, as far as Ryan Kent is concerned, I'm going. I'm not going to be popular here because um, somebody disagreed with me last week when I said I wasn't really bothered whether he came back or not. I think we've got enough options now that we don't really need them. I certainly, again, as I said last week, I don't want us to go out and have to pay a massive fee for him because I don't think he's worth it. If he came in loan, fair enough. But I would rather we concentrated on getting as many of our own players in there, you know, rather than relying on, on loan players. But, you know, if he's if he comes back, he'll be welcomed. But um, I don't think there's a great need for him to come back. And I'm sorry if I've offended anybody. <laughs> you don't need to apologise, Chrissy. That's your opinion. And it's one I partly share. I, I, I do think there's been this, you know, mourning of, of Ryan Kent since he left. Don't get me wrong, he'd he done a decent job for us last season. I, I'm pretty sure, I would, I would need to dig out the stats, but I'm pretty sure, I've mentioned this in the pod before, that the stats in terms of goals and assists are actually inferior to Candias. You know, Candias gets more, certainly more assists, that's for sure. Uh, but I think Pete's got a point with Candias. You know, he, he's, he doesn't really have a trick. You know, he's a hard worker and sometimes his delivery is questionable and, and other times he gets it right. But I, I just don't think there's enough in it. And I think the fact that he's 31 going on 32, you know, you make yourself think, well, maybe we can get somebody younger and, you know, we'll get more out of him in the, in the, in the long term. But I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I would, if Ken comes back, I'll be happy. If he doesn't come back, I'll not be that upset. That, that, that's kind of how I view it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a bit with you in that. I, I think this feeling that if Ryan Ken comes back, all in the world will be good is a slight overreaction. I must admit. I think Jones has proved just uh, in the last few games that he he's going to be just as good, maybe better. I mean, that cross today was absolutely brilliant. So, and and that's something that really I thought let Kent down is his final ball, and he's, I know he scored a cracker against Celtic, but his scoring record wasn't that brilliant. So yeah, I don't know. I think I mean I, I like uh, the way he, he fights for everything. I mean that's a that that's a good thing about him. But uh, yeah, whether he really. Brought us out. As you said, Candias probably done more, but Candias had quite a good record for assists. Yeah, he did. Uh, but he's not someone I think who. I think the reason Ken got so much uh, attention last year and, and you know, so, so much was written about him was because, see, when he, when he was playing well, and he's one of these players that he runs out of defence, and when, it, when he was on form and doing it well, when he was running at defences, it just used to panic him. You know what I mean? And there's no, there's no better sight in football than watching a boy run at a defence and seeing that defence struggling. You know what I mean? And that's why I think he got so much attention last year. My issue with him is he never done it often enough. You know, that's my biggest sort of criticism of him. That said, I've been following you know, his progress this, this pre-season with Liverpool and he seems to have been playing quite well. So... You know, yep. it's, it's in him. I, I think he just needs to be more consistent and do it more often. As I said, if he comes back, I'd be happy. I think he would, he's shown that he can do a job for Rangers. But the other thing, sorry, Colin. If he doesn't come back, I'll not be more enough for that. Sorry, on you go. Sorry, Colin. But the other thing I was thinking about Candias is that Candias, although people are saying that, yeah, but he didn't do this or didn't do that, but if you think what Tavernier had so many assists and goals, because Candias was was covering for him, which uh, so I wonder what Tavernier's going to be like if Candias goes away and he's not get that support because there's no way a, uh, Ojo is going to give him the same support that Candias gave. Yeah, uh, that's that's a, that's a good point because I do think as as much as Tavernier and we're about to we're about to talk about him as well, as much as Tavernier's come on leaps and bounds and you know again the stats bear it out. His stats are far more impressive than a certain other fullback who's trying to be touted for £25 million uh, to Arsenal right now. 
but I still think there's times where Tavernier, positionally anyway, when it comes to the defensive side of his duties, he can still be found found out a wee bit. And you're right, I think Andy has covered them a few times, so you'll maybe miss him in that respect. But, but to me, that's that's part and parcel of it. You know, that's part and parcel of football. Players come, players go. Uh, that, that's how it all goes. There's an interesting comment here on YouTube that I want to bring in. Uh, <laughs> see, see what you think. Uh, someone's asking the situation with Candice, do you think it will change uh, the Gresda situation or Middleton even, you know, leaving the club I, I, I don't think it will I mean, I, I think Middleton's getting put out of loan, if I'm right in that uh, I think Gresda I think he will be one of the ten that Stephen Gerrard was talking about through the week that will definitely be leaving the club Christine, do you think Gresda's situation will improve if Candice goes? No, to be honest, um, you know, he's not even, I don't think he's, is he not even on the bench in any of the? I don't think he's even at Ibrox. I think he's, I don't think he came back. I might be wrong. I certainly haven't heard that, um, but. He's certainly not moved on. One thing I've always said, Pete's maybe got a point, I've not seen any. You know, when you see the images coming out of the, the official website and all the rest of it, training and, you know, all the rest of it when they're playing games and uh, where, is, where is it they went to? They went abroad. Where was it? Somewhere in Portugal. Spain. Portugal. Never seen him anywhere. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's, he's, he's not reported back and waiting for a move. I certainly don't think Candias moving changes that situation. I thought it was because of personal problems that it was... He hadn't come back, but I might, as I say, I might be totally wrong. But I mean, let's face it, he, he get more points in his license than he did for Rangers. <laughs> aye, aye, I kind of disagree with that. Uh, aye, well, we'll see what happens, I suppose. Uh, moving on, we'll, there was another story through the week there, uh, and it was about James Tavernier. Now, through the week, Steve Bruce was announced as the new. Newcastle manager, so he's, he's joined up at Newcastle United, his boyhood club apparently, and he is allegedly, his first uh, signing is going to be James Tavernier. Now I didn't know this, it was just today when I was sort of pulling stuff together for the show, that Tav came through the academy at St James's Park and played a couple of times for Newcastle before he moved. So there, there is maybe an argument to say that if Newcastle came in from and they offered the right money, he, would, he could be tempted by that. What's your thoughts on that, Pete? Yeah, what's the right money? Everybody's obviously got a price, but I, I, I wouldn't sell Tavernier for certainly not the seven million that everybody seems to be talking about. I mean, if you, as you say, if the the hipsters down at Arsenal trying to get twenty five million, then uh, what, what's Tavernier worth? He's, he, he's now for me, he's worth a lot more than than Tierney. But uh, that, that that was that hurt my mouth saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I think it would need to be funny money for me, the uh, to to release them to 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 talk to even you know, talk to other teams because you no know, seven million or to ten million is not wouldn't do for me anyway. What about yourself, Christine? I mean, the, the Tierney thing. Uh, is a good example, you know. So if, if if you're talking about a transfer fee, you know, in the last year, Tavernier's played more games, he's scored more goals, he's provided more assists. You know, his stats are way above Tierney's, and we're talking about twenty. Well, not we. Certain people in the media and Celtic are pushing this thing that you know twenty five million is the starting point for Tierney. So if that is the case, how much are we talking? If we're using that. As the the baseline, how much are we talking about for Tav? Well, you're probably talking silly money, like thirty million or something like that, because he's certainly better than uh, Tierney. However, I don't believe the twenty five million thing about Tierney. Um, I just think that's you know Celtic Celtic's PR company doing their job and trying to promote this. Um, I could be totally wrong. I really hope we don't sell Tav. But I suppose if somebody did come in with a stupid offer, we might have to. Um, 
you just look at who's going to provide all these, you know, the, the penalties, the assists, um, the the good crosses into the into the box. I'm, I must not be the only uh, one who's heard the rumor about Alan Hutton coming back, Christine. Um, not heard that one. What what age is Alan Hutton now? He must be in his thirties, huh? Yeah, I would be. I'd, I'd, I'd have to double check, but have you not heard that? No, it's it's one I've heard doing the rounds for a wee while. Um, I haven't. I haven't heard that one. No, um, but you know, never say never. But um, I really, I don't want to have to go. But it would need to be a lot of money, and I'm not sure we have. I mean, Polster looked quite good, but I don't think he's he would give us. The same as as Tav does, and then who else do we have? Flanagan. Cover Flanagan. I'm not his greatest fan, I have to say. So, um, no, just stay Tav, stay. <laughs> I think Colin. Sorry to to butt in. I I think that hunting thing's a load of crap. I think that's somebody uh, on a Rangers website somewhere. Realised that Hutton's getting released, I believe, by Aston Villa, and I think he's away already. Pete. And is he, he's away already? Is somebody yeah, put, yeah. I think it's putting some somebody putting one and one together and getting three, because uh, I don't see that happening. But see, see if Tav goes to Newcastle, will it be an a nil uh, hour contract? Uh, zero hour contract. Yeah. Uh, someone's actually made a, a comment here on the the YouTube section again saying that Mike Ashley probably got in the. The small print of the last deal, last retail deal that had, that any players we have have to go to him for nothing too. So, wouldn't it surprise me actually with Mike Ashley? You know what I mean? It's that's probably the main one of the main reasons I don't want him to go. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't want him to go to that, that particular club because of the, the, the Mike Ashley connotation. But I would like to have to stay just for one more year. Obviously, every player has his price. I learned that when Trevor. Uh, Trevor Stephen went to Marseille. I thought there's no amount of money can shift him, but you know, like it was 5.6 million or something, uh, and that was serious money back in 1991 or whatever it was. So I learned the hard way then that you know, every player has his price. If a club comes in with a, a really good offer, then the, the, the chances are the player will go. The, the Tierney thing, I think, gives Rangers a good negotiating point, you know, I mean, if, if I was in charge of the negotiations, you'd be sitting down going, well, Arsenal are allegedly prepared to pay £25 million plus for that fullback over there who's played half the game, scored half the goals, if that, and half the assists. So therefore, that's the starting point. £25 million is the starting point of, the, of these negotiations. So I think in that, that respect, we've, we've got quite a strong hand. Another respect, I think Tavernier would want to play in the Premiership. You also have to wonder if going back to Newcastle would interest them. You know, as I said, I found out today that he came through their academy. So they're, they're, I don't know. I kind of feel 50 50 in this one. I think if Newcastle came in with a half decent offer, the player himself, like Candias, would be saying, actually, this is maybe something I want to do. So we'll just have to wait and see what comes out, I suppose. But uh, I. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have to go. I think one more year because I think if he stays one more year, he might just have a medal or two at the end of it. Guys, no. conscious of time. Sorry, no. when you go, Pete. I was, I was going to say that. that, that I think Tavernier will want 55 in his hands. I think he'll want to lift that cup up. Me yeah, too. Yeah, and I hope that's the case, but you can never say never, I suppose. Uh, it's... You know, personal ambition, money, all that kind of thing kicks in. Plus, the club might think, you know, even if Newcastle were to offer, say, 15 million, we did we pay for Tav 1.5 or something? You know, yeah, I not remember. Uh, you know, we picked him up on a, for a song. You know, it would represent a huge return. You know did, I mean? A huge return on the initial investment. The players still get 15% of the of the transfer fee? Do you know yeah, that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it used to be ten percent of the uh, if they asked for a transfer and fifteen percent if they didn't ask for a transfer. I don't know whether it's still like that now. You bung with Murdo sitting there. How do you know what that's? 
Oh, I just know well talking all these years back that was talked about, so I knew that then. But I don't because I, I mean the likes of the guys, the Ajax guys going going to Barcelona and what's other on Juventus or something like that um, for eighty million. If they're getting fifteen percent of that, they're getting a wee nice wee bong. Yeah. Oh, aye. And uh, you know, money talks at the end of the day. Uh, but I'm, I'm like you guys. I'm hoping that Tav will sit there and go, you know what? I'll get another crack next season if a, if a club comes in. If I stay one more year, I, I've got a better chance now than ever of, of getting a medal at the end of the season. So. We'll just have to wait and see. Anyway, guys, I'm just looking at the clock here just now, and that's as we've done our hour. So I think it's probably time to wrap things up. Uh, so that's all from this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast by fans for fans, which is totally free. Uh, we're back next week. We've got the St. I was going to say St. Joe's there. We're not. We've got progress or at Ibrox on Thursday. I won't be there. If any Rangers fans down in Lincolnshire that knows anywhere that's shown the game, can you let me know because I'm going to be down in Lincolnshire through the week I won't be at Ibrox on Thursday night so if anyone in Lincolnshire knows where the game's getting shown, give me a shout uh, Ross will be hosting next week because I'm on holiday uh, I can't quite remember who he's got on but there'll be another two two guests on to talk about the game uh, against Progress on Thursday night in the meantime, get yourself on to Jersnet and the forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, and until the next time, thanks for now. <laughs>